You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Welcome to the Market Tech, where leadership and product marketing meet. Today, my co-host, Jason Smith, a returning co-host, and I'm glad for that, founder and CEO of Clue and I are going to chat with Sadiq Cherian, Senior Director of Global Product and Solution Marketing at LinkedIn. We're going to talk about how competitive enablement helps him and his team win business at LinkedIn. You know, the inability to really understand key aspects of competitors' go-to-market models and products, it can really inhibit us on the go-to-market teams. It can inhibit our success. And so go-to-market teams, that's product marketing, product management, sales, customer success, rev ops. We should truly be investing more in the practice that is called competitive enablement. And yes, it's a practice. It's not a set of activities that we do once in a while to react to some competitive funding announcement. It's a proactive practice for collecting and sharing holistic competitive intelligence in order to ensure a more effective product and go-to-market strategy. And quite frankly, that's going to better your odds of success. So this competitive enablement practice is going to help us build a pertinent product strategy for our market. It's going to help us respond to competitors in a much more nimble manner. It's going to help us proactively combat our competitors. It's going to help us enable our revenue teams with actionable insights. It's going to help us back our venture capital and or you know whatever other funding you have with a very pragmatic and sound strategy. So we're lucky today to have Sadeep and Jason share their insights on how to accelerate their growth with competitive enablement. Sadeep, let's start with you, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself. Sure. Well, thank you, first of all, to Rowan and Jason for having me today. I'm excited to be here. My name is Sadeep Cherian. As Rowan mentioned, I lead product and solutions marketing at LinkedIn, specifically our LinkedIn marketing solutions business. And I'm excited to be a go-to-market leader at LinkedIn, where I'm just deeply passionate about our vision and mission and just overall about the value that product marketing can bring to an organization. Brilliant. And he is truly a architect of growth for his organization. One I've got to know over the years and one who has been kind enough to host us, his LinkedIn head office, our product marketing community conferences. So thanks, Sadiq, for joining. And then the one and only Jason, repeat host of the Product Marketing Community Podcast. Welcome back, Jason. Rowan, good to be back. And it's good to be here. Fantastic. Sadiq, we do a, a little fill in the blank, if you will. So indulge us. I am in marketing because? Because I love connecting people with opportunities. I firmly believe marketing is the most critical role at a company deeply understand and focus on your audience and ultimately keeping the your organization really honed in on how to best bring a product or solution to market and uniquely address the needs of an audience. And so that's why I'm in marketing, connecting people to opportunity. Absolutely. Love it. Second fill in the blank. Sadiq, we'll stay with you for this one. My definition of leadership is? One who inspires those around them to work towards a common goal. There's a bunch of traits we could probably call out that enable that outcome, but fundamentally, 
if they can, a leader can bring people toward a common goal and inspire them to do so on a consistent basis, I think that's, that's going to be an outstanding leader. Love it. Jason. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm trying to actually now riff on my version because it's exactly, I think, what I said on a previous podcast. So I'll, I'll switch and No plagiarism here. Yeah, that's it. I'm wondering <laughs> if you listen to another podcast, it is truly about helping others elevate to achieve whatever big goal that they have. Company-wise, individual-wise, if you are a true leader, you can help others elevate to hopefully a level that they don't even realize that they can achieve. Mm. And you're trying to tap into that inner belief that they can do something bigger and then give them the resources to elevate that. So that's my view. And Sudeep, I like your answer. You've got such a long and successful history now as a go-to-market leader at LinkedIn. You spent many years kind of building both your personal career and your portfolio there. You're responsible, as you said now, for that marketing solutions portfolio. Imagine you've got a bigger and growing team, but you know to make that successful, you've got to do more than just your team. You've got to interact with, I'm sure, a number of other groups, lots of collaboration to make that magic happen. So can you tell us a bit about your team and how it's structured, who those internal stakeholders are, and how you collaborate with them to be successful? Sure. Absolutely. My team is made up of both product marketing and solutions marketing. Product marketing, we can go into what product marketing is, but it's probably more of what you've come to expect when you hire in or create a product marketing team. Solutions marketing, on the other hand, is related to bringing forward our full portfolio to both our customers and also the intelligence underlying the entire portfolio toward the internal organization on how to act and how to move forward. I couldn't agree more with you that it takes a full team to drive growth. We talk about how we can continue to act as one LinkedIn and even within the line of business I'm in, one LMS, if you will. This has been most important as we're looking to triple triple our growth over the coming years. And the stakeholders involved are across product, engineering, marketing, sales, and all the associated partnership functions you can think of, whether that be BD or design or customer success, et cetera. At LinkedIn, we we don't have a general manager or head of business, if you will, within each of these business lines. And so that requires that team sport mentality. And so that means that you have to come together to align on what are we, how are we going to be focused? How are we going to act together at every step of the commercialization process? So at the planning stage, we just went through an exercise of developing our three-year business strategy as a team, as our near-term annual plan and our quarterly goal-setting process. That is done as a team in concert. And so shared KPIs, shared goals, shared processes we're moving toward. It's very, very much about a single team that's trying to go forward to bring forward customer value. Brilliant. And uh, Sidi, I'm going to jump in here. So for all those stakeholders that you just identified, how is the product marketing team themselves or via your enablement team helping enable these specific stakeholders that you're going to market in a more efficient manner, reaching the market in a pertinent manner, and then quite frankly, just winning and hitting those shared KPIs that you just talked about? Well, my team's mission is to educate and empower every marketer, in this instance, the audience the marketer, to achieve their goals with LinkedIn. We do so across three areas of value, plan, launch, and grow. So at the plan stage, it's establishing a consistent approach to incorporating market insights into how we operate, including our motions to conduct market validation, research, 
and refining our understanding of audiences and solutions. And that's leading that on behalf of the organization at large. At launch, specifically, we're going to be honed in on leading the end-to-end go-to-market process to bring those solutions to market. And that requires a fair bit of collaboration, but also leadership. At the growth stage, it's leading the ongoing intelligence practice and orchestration to drive increasing value creation to our customers and overall revenue growth. So very much it's just helping drive the intelligence, but also how we may act across each of those stages. So happy to go into more depth in those, but at a top line, at each stage throughout the commercialization process, we are playing a role either by bringing forward perspectives based on what we're synthesizing and hearing cross-channel or bringing those solutions and educating our customers and doing so in partnership with our customer success, sales, and all the other touch points that may, may hit a customer. And I imagine, Sadiq, that you've got, you know, in product marketing land, you're sitting with enablement and in other areas. So when you talk about launch and those specific pieces, you've got to have a strong relationship with how enablement fits into the package that you're helping create and drive. So how do you divide up those roles and responsibilities, like that gray area where enablement and product marketing start to overlap? Dividing those roles, how do you work with them in general? Great question. I continue to believe that the strongest relationship we have, probably we have a very strong relationship with like product management, for instance, and other functions, but one of those up there is our sales enablement practice and, and sales training in particular. So on the whole, I you know, we don't necessarily use that term of revenue enablement. However, we're all honed in on articulating how we are all driving customer value and value across customer segments across the journey. And we think if we're driving value, that's going to lead to revenue growth. So the sales enablement, critical arm to bring forward our sales organization to ultimately have that value articulated and educated to both our prospects and customers. But it has to, the entire organization and there's has to be working in concert toward driving that business growth. So how specifically I think the R&R can differ across different different companies. Everyone's unique in the industries they serve and the audiences. But I would just say that the subject matter expertise of the solution space and the audience you're serving is known within the product marketer, uh, product marketing function, that sales and input function are true experts on how to drive forward and empower that specific channel. And so being able to translate that, having a shared process in, in how you want to act is really, really important to define up front. And before we go any further, this is Jason and Sudeep. Anyone jump in here? I have to clarify. So product marketing, understand the voice of the market, the competition, the customer, so on and so forth. Turn that voice into value and then convey that value to the market through various channels, internally and externally. So to that end... I heard sales enablement, Sadiq, you guys have a sales enablement practice, but what do you believe in, Jason, way in here, is the difference between sales enablement versus revenue enablement? Is it used synonymously? And then there's a new term, competitive enablement, but let, let's start with sales enablement versus revenue enablement. Same thing? Is it different? Should it be called different things? I have my thoughts, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys weigh in first. Yeah, I think I'm happy to jump in here. I think fundamentally, it's critical to be able to empower the organization at large, to be able to drive forward your go-to-market activities, which will bring forward customer value. Revenue enablement is that opportunity to do so. And I think with sales enablement, it's a subset of revenue enablement overall, but absolutely critical. 
And depending on your function, how reliant you are on driving forward through a field sales organization versus online sales, I think you really have to just understand the role that that serves. But overarching, I think to over-index on sales enablement would be a miss versus really thinking about how do you enable the organization with the intelligence and the strategy to really move forward. And so then to that end, should revenue enablement as a discipline, as a practice, as a team, should that sit on the marketing side, sales side, some rev ops team? Where do you think it should sit? If that is the per your definition, if that's what they should do. Hmm. Yeah, I don't mean to open a can of worms here, but... C-suite, Rowan, C-suite should go straight to C-suite, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because at least here at LinkedIn, and I, I think it speaks more broadly, I think you need to have shared ownership of revenue, of your end goal. I mean, ultimately, you're trying to drive revenue as a business and underlying that is customer value. You need to take shared responsibility across that. Now, what is the functional area's responsibility to drive that forward? Who drives the overall orchestration around enabling that? I think a lot of that does sit within product marketing and the marketing function. But I'd say to choose one, it's probably not going to win you many folks in, inside your organization. <laughs> and so I agree. I think it should be in the marketing side of the house versus sales. I've seen it in operations as well. But Sudeep and I are biased as product marketers here. Jason, what's your take? Right. <laughs> yeah, definitely biased. But I like the bias. I mean, I think broadly, I love the term enablement because it makes it actionable. So it's not just creating the content, it's actioning the content. And I think that's one of the most critical elements that certainly I'm seeing in the competitive area. Like my world came from competitive intelligence. We like, and we now see many more companies using and adopting the term competitive enablement because it's about taking that raw intel, converting it into the insight, and then ensuring sales, marketing, product, CS, strategy, even talent teams are actually using it and leveraging it. So competitive enablement, I think, whether it's a subset of or whether it's part, parcel or a different area, I think as long as you're enabling teams to leverage the great work that product marketing is creating, I think we've got, you know, the combo winning strategy and everybody can be friends. Um, Sudeep, we've got a whole bunch of companies out there that I've seen struggling to do competitive well. It seems like LinkedIn's doing a pretty good job relative to their competitors, but let's start with the basics of competitor analysis. Like, How does your team go about finding and obtaining that relevant intel? Well, just stepping back for a minute, we drive the orchestration of the market intelligence motion with competitive being core, the core part of that motion. So first, to answer your question more directly, that's establishing the framing for who we want to investigate and monitor and how we want to communicate that. In order to build that foundation and shared understanding on how we might act, it requires getting buy-in across the organization on how deep and wide we want to go, the questions to be answered, and agreement on how that intelligence may be used. And so when we talk about the broad landscape of where we could focus, that includes both direct, indirect, and potential competitors. Now, where we might be on the development and maturity of that competitive practice can differ based on different lines of business within LinkedIn. But once you have that buy-in, then you can go forward and start to capture all the different data signals, qual and quant, and work across teams to bring that forward. But it all starts with that aligned buy-in on how we're going to frame the competitive intelligence function and the overall enablement approach. So then, Sadeeb, your team has 
now obtained a lot of market data, competitive data, but it's just that it's, it's data. So how can you share what your approach to analyzing the data is to ensure that you have the right insights for all the stakeholders that you're going to go and enable with this data? So first, it, it starts with determining the audience, uh, the internal audiences that would be a recipient or would leverage the data itself. What are they ultimately trying to achieve? How might they act on the data? And then it's about bringing forward the functions to triangulate the data and then synthesize the data in a way that would make sense for the audiences so that you could then act. And so we're capturing data across different sources, whether it be our partners, our customers, our sales organization, and we're capturing that either through qual and quant, some ongoing, some more ad hoc basis on the over the course of a given quarter or, or some periodic time period. We are then looking to triangulate to understand what are the themes that we're seeing across, where might there actually be things in contrast that we have to investigate further. But ultimately, it's about having talent across your market research, your marketing, and any other functions that are bringing forward. In, in LinkedIn, business operations is another function that's also pretty critical as part of the synthesis. But being able to do so effectively towards a regular synthesis that's then shared with the organization so that it can be put into the planning process on a regular basis. Love it. And this is why you're a market tech. You're not just a product marketer, you're a market tech. So market tech is a marketer <laughs> who's an architect of growth. And I'll tell you why. You answered my question with, it starts with our audiences. So any good marketer, it starts with their audience. And in this case, with competitive intelligence, you're talking about your internal audience. So who's going to get this market and competitive data? And then what are they going to do with it? What's the end goal? I absolutely love that. So then staying on that, and this is now for Jason, Sadeep's team has figured out how to get the data. They figure out why they need the data and how to, to best you know, share this with their various audiences. Any tips on your end on how best to triangulate the various sources of competitive intelligence, validate the various sources, and then you know how to ensure that they're proactively keeping this data for these key stakeholders top of mind? Yeah, I think the way that Sudeep answered it is I love the audience first piece. I think from a data source standpoint, it's it's always about looking at internal and external data sources. So everybody starts with the external piece. LinkedIn and your profiles of uh, your competitors' employees, there's lots of great data there. News, job postings, review sites, analyst reports, your competitor site, there's lots of data you can get there. It's often the internal sources that are overlooked. And so whether that's doing, as Sudeep, you mentioned, where you're doing some direct research and talking to those audiences and then their clients and understanding what's going on there, or if you're just listening to gong calls or tipping, looking into Salesforce and some of the notes or seeing what's being shared in Slack, there's a lot of direct intel that people can get from the internal sources. And broadly, I just think it's about it's about having like the system of record of all of that data that you and your team, when you find stuff you can pour it into and other teams on another part of the LinkedIn community and finds it, they can pour it in. So if every company has this system of record that they can pour those competitive markets insights into, and then maybe augmented with what machines can find externally, then you can think about putting that personalized curated view back of insights to those sales teams or CS teams or marketing teams or product teams or strategy teams, but leverage kind of the whole of knowledge that everybody in your company has. And what I love about product marketing is that you know, it touches every department and provides that market view. So product marketers are the best connective tissue to actually put that system of record to use. So that's how I kind of look at both. Love it. Sadeep, I'm going to turn to you on this one. 
So step one is done. You figured out who your internal audiences are, your internal stakeholders, and, and what they want to achieve with competitive intelligence. Then you're solving for how to go and get this competitive intelligence. Next, you're analyzing the data per your objective so that you can synthesize this into insights, not just data, and package it for each of these audiences. What's your team doing next? Well, it's then engaging, engaging the audiences on truly understanding what it is we're hearing and then deciding on how we might act on that intelligence. So what does that ultimately mean? It means how do we measure if the work that we're doing ultimately made a difference? Was it worth going through the motions that we just did or the ongoing practice that we have? And so let me start by saying how, how we engage the organization. We actually run through a quarterly planning process and a biannual planning process of which this intelligence is critical. It's the start of our three-day or two-day planning exercise where we review what is the competitive intelligence and the overall market landscape at, at whole and how does that then drive our, our strategic activities. However, on an ongoing basis, we also share out insights through weekly and monthly channels, but it's all about how might we act. And that's how we're going to, and we have brainstorming sessions and other what we call internally as jams, where we then define how might we act as an organization to act against not just the competitive, but overall market market perspectives that we're, we're uncovering along the way. Love it. And Jason, so at this point, Sadeep's product marketing team, they've done a wonderful job in ensuring their LinkedIn marketing solution group has all the competitive intelligence that they require. What are some of the best approaches you've seen your clients utilize to curate and deliver these golden nuggets? Curate and deliver. Yeah, I think it's. I think you know, there's there's a couple of things that Sudeep mentioned there that I think are important that we see across a lot of clients. It's distilling those insights down into you know their bare essence, where you lose the fluff and you deliver the goods in the tone of language that your audience can actually digest it. So, and then what is that? It's less about the fact and it's more about what you're going to do. So your competitors won several awards for their approach to AI and they're done new studies with MIT. Nobody cares as much about that. It's if you're talking to a sales audience. It might be, listen, their AI thing is really strong. Avoid it. And then pivot them into, you know, maybe we know that there's a weakness when they don't, when they do AI outside of the finance industry or the health industry. And so you're kind of trying to take whatever data or insight that you have and make it actionable for them in the most clearest, succinct, classic, good marketing way. Make it easy to understand and leverage. And then there's some other things that we've seen, like literally what it looks like and how you deliver it can matter. Walls of text don't seem to get written written or absorbed, funny enough. So some little marketing presentation does matter. And then don't overlook how they find it, right? So how you deliver that, does it pop up in their inbox or is it appearing in Slack? And we've had a bunch of clients that take, you know, 17 page decks and then convert them into cards that they layer into Salesforce opportunities or high spotters, showpad, Rowan, mobile apps and, you know, quick searches and browser extensions or Zoom or gong calls and having them appear. So putting those insights in the path of where your audience is, is almost as important as actually coming up with the insight itself. I was uh, furiously, uh, I, I was taking mental notes along the way because we're constantly trying to think about how we optimize the, the formats and channels to bring forward to really seamlessly integrate this both in the planning, but also how people may act in their respective jobs. So that's great to hear, Jason. Thanks for sharing. And this is where the power, you both said it, having a lot of the competitive intelligence, market intelligence is one thing, contextualizing it for that sales call to that customer's pain point, need, environment 
it is where this becomes a winning golden nugget versus just another piece of data stored somewhere in the organization. And, and I believe that's the power of product marketing is to then take that insight and contextualize it so that sales can relevantly use it. Sadiq and Jason, final question. What does success look like for your team as it relates to all the effort you spend on revenue enablement, not just sales enablement? What does success look like for your team? I'll go first here. I think uh, most immediately, it's the way we can, we believe we can show most immediate value to the organization is by measuring use of the resources produced. And this from an, let me start with the internal side when we're helping drive how we might act and operate. That might be views or downloads or the meeting, planning meetings we have, how engaged are people around those conversations and the insights we're bringing forward. But ultimately, and externally, it's about those assets and that have association to the competitive intelligence we may have brought forward um, and that we're empowering our teams and our different destinations on. Is that actually driving through A-B test or what have you? Is that driving incremental value or, or growth? Ultimately, it's about revenue growth. And so stepping back is the use. Is there a perspective that the, the work that we're driving forward is dri ultimately driving to higher adoption of the solution set that will drive value for customers and overall revenue growth? So that's how I would say, when we take a step back, are we making a difference? That's how our team would articulate how we prove value. And I love that you went, you know, to the measurement side, you know, is it, if a tree falls, did anybody hear it? Like, so all the work, does, does anybody care? And I think it can, that success can look different for different groups. Revenue at the, at the, is at the absolute core of it, people winning more business. But if you're a product manager and you're taking some of that competitive intel, how are you building a better product that meets your audience needs? We've seen it even with talent acquisitions teams trying to hire people. And how do you understand what the alternatives are for that prospect for, you know, if they want to work at Amazon versus LinkedIn, how do you convince them to work at LinkedIn? You know, so there's an understanding of your market and your competitors that I think can touch every division and understanding what success looks like for each of those divisions and helping them drive to that success, whether it's winning business or building better products is, is what revenue and competitive enablement is all about. Amen. And so to recap, the usage per Sudeep, meaning is your marketing team, for example, your demand gen folks creating campaigns that are relevant, utilizing that information, is your product management team utilizing that information to build a better product, is your sales team using that information to have better conversations that win, is your customer success team using that information for retention and expansion. So the usage of it, and then the holy grail for me is that close ratio, that win rate. With this information, are you winning more than you're losing on these deals? So last fill in the blank. This has been really insightful for me. Indulge me. Sadiq, you're already a architect, but how can product marketers be architects of growth for their companies? So I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase it as a, as a fill in the blank. Product marketers can be architects of growth for their company if they... If they stay connected to their customer. And what I mean by that is we're going through an immense amount of change as individuals, as a globe. It's easy to lose sight on what matters most. As a go-to-market leader, as a architect, it's bringing forward who's the audience we serve, why do we serve them, and how can we best serve them as, a, as an organization. If you can stay connected to the customer, have that intelligence, but empathy, you're going to... The sky's the limit in terms of the value you can bring forward to your organization. Beautiful. Jason? 
Product marketers at Clue and elsewhere can be architects of growth for their company if they... And I'm going to pick up on a theme that we've kind of been touching on throughout this and kind of tie it together. I think it's going beyond just the collection of basic intel and focusing on getting each department to use that intel to improve their area of business. So that's presentation, distribution, and usage, not just collection and curation. So think competitive enablement, not just competitive intelligence. Love it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time, your insights. Have a lovely rest of your day. And we'll see you soon at the next Product Marketing Community Conference live, hopefully, maybe at LinkedIn, like we used to back in the day, or on the next podcast. Have a good one, folks. Take care. Thank you so much, y'all. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.